deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, good fucking morning, good night, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Ask Floss. This is the place over the last year where you have asked me anything and everything you fucking want. And it's filled me with so much joy to answer all of your questions. I've gotten so much from doing this and I just wanted to bring all of these episodes to my main podcast feed for everyone to hear. I love talking to you directly as well as talking to my guests. And I just get so much fulfillment out of doing this. So I wanted to share them here with as many of you as possible because my hope is that these are going to reach as many people and that maybe some of my unprofessional advice will either make you laugh or actually hopefully help you out. We have a lot of questions to get through today, so let's get straight into it. What song sets your soul on fire? Hmm. Okay, so lately I have not stopped listening to Wake Up Alone by Amy Winehouse. God, fucking love Amy Winehouse. And that song has just been like, I can't stop listening to it. It's so romantic to me. And I know it's a really sad song, but I listen to it in my flat, like while I make my coffee and make my dinner and I'm just like prancing around my flat. Fucking love that song. Um, It's the first one that came to my head. I'm actually, do you know what? I'm going to open up my Spotify now because I'd say that makes me fall like in love. Also, oh, okay. So a really sexy song, Day of the Lords by Joy Division is one of the sexiest fucking songs on the planet. Another song... Atomic by Blondie, just that beginning bit. I imagine it like walking into a club and then when it drops, like a whole bunch of people choreographing dancing. I like to imagine like these fantasies and like these ideas of these movie scenes in my head when I listen to music. So that's what I imagine. When I listen to Day of the Lords by Joy Division, I imagine a woman pole dancing. That's exactly what I imagine in my head. So yeah, those are a few songs that set my soul on fire. Absolutely fucking love them. Okay, next question. Where do you get your clothes from? Specifically the black and white trousers. This is so funny because I'm wearing them right now. I've probably worn them every single day that I've come into the studio. Um, I have a couple pairs. They're my favorite. The pinstripe trousers. Yeah, these are from Urban Outfitters. I got them a couple years ago. Um, And then I got another pair because I, I wear them literally every day. If you just Google pinstripe trousers... Um, they're so fucking cool. I can style them in so many ways. I love to style them with pearls and rings. Um, I also have a matching waistcoat that I'm literally wearing right now. Yeah, most of my clothes. So I love to go thrifting. I love to go vintage shopping. Um, I love Instagram boutiques. You know, the shit that pops up on your fucking Instagram feed. I love to see like the, there's lots of 70s. I love that the 70s is having a revival because it's just a whole lot of shit that I love flocking my way. Um, I love Penny Lane coats. I love style. I love layering. Um, I love a pointy boot and I love a flare. And I also have like a color scheme that I love. I love warm jeweled colors. So I love like a dark green, like a forest green. Um, I like a burnt orange, like a fuchsia pink, gold, pearls. I love all of that shit that's what I love. Next question. Best thing that happened this week? Oh my god, the sun fucking was shining and it was incredible. A slither of it just came right down my staircase. 
and I sat there <laughs> in the slither of sun. And I mean it when I say that is the first thing that came to my mind. Best thing that's happened this week. The sun came out uh, and all of a sudden I started like romanticizing the summer again. The thoughts of like having wet hair on the beach in a little silky slip dress, all the textures, all the sounds, all the smells. Literally the summer just fucking came back to me when I was sat in the sun. That's probably the best thing that happened to me all week. <laughs> okay, moving on to advice. Still haven't had sex at 18 and feel like it's embarrassing as fuck. Help. I didn't have sex until around that age as well. Take your time. It's it's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the circumstances. And you know what? Don't fucking rush it either. Like there's a lot of people out there who will say, you know, just get the first one out of the way, whatever. I don't believe in that. I think if it wants to be, if you want it to be slow, you know, maybe you want to trust the person before you have sex with them. Yeah, it will happen when it needs to. And maybe you do just want to fuck. But like, talk talk it through. Talk your feelings through with a friend that you can trust. It's definitely nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely not. And it has no say on your desirability or your worth, okay? Maybe you've just not found someone that you want to fuck. And the people that you did want to fuck, maybe they turn out to be assholes. So there's a lot of ways to look at this. And I don't think you need to feel shame for at all. Okay, next question. How to nicely cut people out of your life. How to have non-toxic friend breakups. So the thing with friend breakups is that they always feel very dramatic, don't they? Because friends, we have them in tiers. You know, we have an inner circle, an outer circle, and then acquaintances. So to like inform someone that they've been ousted, it's like maybe they don't need to go entirely. Perhaps they could just be brought down a rung and you can prioritize them less right? That, sometimes that just happens. Um, so with a friend breakup, you know, perhaps this is someone who has repeatedly made you feel really shit about yourself, right? And they've asked to hang out and you really don't want to go. You're just over your people pleasing bullshit and you don't want to go to meet this friend because they make you feel like shit. You might want to send a message to them and say, hey, I have to be honest. I, I don't like how I feel around you sometimes at times, whatever you want to say. And I need some time out from the friendship. If you want to have a conversation with the friend, maybe you can say, I really want to... This is also the other thing. We don't communicate our discomfort with people. So is this a thing? A friend has a habit of being late. Tell your friend that it means a lot for you to have people who are on time. Tell them that. Allow people to come correct because sometimes, oh my God, the amount of things that I must do that piss people off, I would want someone to tell me like, hey, it's really important for me that that you're on time. It's really important for me that we don't always talk about my ex. Like I, I've had a friendship before where her form of connecting with me was asking me about my ex because she thought that it would be good for me to talk about I didn't want to talk about my ex I grew all of this resentment because she bring up my ex but in her mind she thought I wanted to talk about it because she thought it was what we both just assumed the opposite I thought she was trying to actively and intentionally piss me off but she just wanted to uh check that I was okay right <laughs> but she kept bringing it up so I just told her and then the problem was solved you know so sometimes you just need to communicate Okay, next question. How to recover from a bad haircut? Oh, babes, you can style anything. You can style absolutely anything. Um, and obviously, if it's really bad, you can wear hats. <laughs> um, you can 
accessorize, but I am almost fucking certain that there is a way that you can style it. And do not be afraid to go back to your hairdresser and tell them, I'm so sorry. I asked for this thing and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it. Can you please do it? Because they would hate to know that you said nothing. That's that. That's what I've learned from talking with hairdressers and having multiple hairdressers is that it's always good to say something and fix the problem. Okay, next question. How to make new friends as an adult? I'm 26 and think my friends are fine, but don't think I've found my people yet. Oh, I have been outgrowing circles of friends since I was very young and I think we need to normalise it. We need to normalise shedding a skin. And I know that might sound a bit brutal, like these are people we're talking about, not something you just toss away and throw in the bin. I want to make that clear. But I think there needs to be less stigma around outgrowing people. And it also, when you outgrow someone, I think we have this idea that we sound like we think we're now better than them. It's not better. It's just different. You're on a completely different vibration to the version you were when you were fucking 14 and the version of you now that is, you said 26, right? Um, So if you've had these friends for a while, they also might be clinging to a version of you that they met when they were 14. Let's say when you were 14, you were very agreeable. And now at 26, you you want to say no to more things. There's this dynamic. And I think old versions of ourselves kind of exist in other people too. I find whenever I go back to my hometown, I... I, I slip into a different role and I, and I watch myself almost go back to who I used to be. N- not in a drastic way, but it, there's always this pull and this tendency to go back. So I feel like if you're surrounded by people you've known for a while and you want to grow and evolve, then often it can hold you back. And I think when it comes to finding new friends, you should frequent the places where the people you want to hang out with would frequent. Is there a genre of music that you like? Try and go to a gig and see those people. A cafe. If you frequent a cafe, you're more likely to get familiar with the people who come in and out. Maybe you'll talk to the staff. Like They'll get to know your order. That's su- such a lovely thing. And, and show up and, and do those kinds of things. And if you work a nine to five, and you know, you're not a freelancer on your laptop, then make time for it on the weekends or bring a friend that you love and say, I want to make new friends. Do you want to join me? And then go to a bar where they play the kind of music you like. And that is how you'll find your people when you frequent the places because because there isn't we don't have school as an adult and especially if you're freelance you don't have any co-workers right I don't have any co-workers I do I do at the podcast but that's you know maybe like once or twice a week and it's only been over the last few months anyway but there's nothing really like I don't have a place of work so I've had to make my friends through this very assertive way of making sure I'm in spaces where my kind of people will go okay next question I drunk cheated on my boyfriend with someone I've had feelings for for years, but don't want to break up with my boyfriend. Help. I think you you obviously need to have a conversation with your boyfriend and you need to tell him about what you've done because I've never been in this situation, but this is just my initial gut instinct. He could find out through someone else and that would be awful. If he found out through someone else, if the friend said it and it got taken out of context and then you look even worse because then you've been hiding something from them, I would have the conversation with your boyfriend, tell him how you feel and then it's up to him to make an informed decision. He might say, absolutely not, this is the biggest betrayal of my life or he might stay. I would say tell him, absolutely, definitely tell him so that he can make an informed decision about whether or not he wants to stay with you. But it sounds like you really like this other person. So if that's your situation, then you're going to break someone's heart but in the long run, you're setting him free because you don't actually, it sounds like you like this other person. 
yeah, I think you just have to be honest in this situation. Okay, next question. I'm feeling very burnt out at the moment. How do I get my positivity back? Okay, I say this a lot, but your rituals will save your life. If you can have one thing that you do a day that contributes towards a little bit of joy. And also joy doesn't have to be self-indulgent. I think a lot of the time we mix up self-care with indulgence. And actually it just turns out to be like self-sabotage because you feel bad after you do the thing. So I would say do something that you know the version of you tomorrow is going to be like, fucking hell, I'm glad I did that yesterday. Even if it's filling up like your coffee machine the night before so that as soon as you wake up, you can just press the button and the coffee's coming out. And you'll be like, sick. I'm so glad I looked out for myself yesterday. I know that sounds ridiculous, but doing little things like that, it kind of builds this relationship with yourself that you look out for you. And that to me is motivation enough to feel like I deserve good things and that even though I'm not feeling okay right now, it's going to get better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, next question. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I am a cat person. Um, I grew up with a cat at home. She's called Madge after Madonna. My mum called the cat Madge. Um, And I fucking love Madge. And I'd like to have a cat one day, probably. But not right now. Not in like a London apartment. I don't know if that's going to be good for a cat. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I want one quite yet. Okay, next question. Favourite place to write in London? I will not disclose because that is private. Sorry, I'm gatekeeping my favourite writing spot in London. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, next question. Can you be friends with someone you used to sleep with? In my experience, yes. 
But also, no, depends how you feel about them. Again, you're asking me, can you be friends with someone that you slept with? I don't know your situation. I don't know your life. I've had experiences where it's not worked out. I've had experiences where it's worked out fucking perfectly. And we've been able to actually strengthen the friendship. So I would say as long as you're communicating your feelings properly and you're not just lying to yourself about actually wanting a relationship from them, then fuck it, you know? do what you want. And then who cares if you mess up and you do accidentally fall in love with them? That's life. And you need to experience some things so that you can accrue the wisdom needed to have your own gut instinct about things moving on in the future. Okay, next question. Thoughts on splitting the bill. So this is, this again, this is a very like heterosexual question and I have not been on a date with a man for a long time. So I'd like to say, if you ask me on a date... And you're like, let me take you out. And you have chased me to get me to go on a date. Then I think I'd like you to pay. But I've only dated women for the past few years. So I really, I feel like this is a very gendered thing, truly. Because I don't think splitting the bill is the route to equality. I'll just say that. I don't think that men and women splitting the bill and the guy's going to go, oh, I thought you were a feminist. Why do you want me to pay? Um, I don't think that's like the route to equality. And funnily enough, it's always then that men become the feminists all of a sudden. Like they'll say some misogynistic shit about a woman that they saw in a movie or like, oh, this person's really annoying and start saying, slut shaming a woman. But when the bill comes out, it's, oh, well, I'm a feminist, so you have to pay half. Um, I don't think that that's the route to equality, splitting the bill. But also I do feel like it is a gender thing and the gender binary has fucking trapped women into this like awkward thing of who pays the bill when it's you're on a date with a man. So I don't really, thoughts on splitting the bill. Those are my thoughts, to be honest. Do what you want, but also what you do from the beginning does set the tone of the rest of the relationship. So if you're like, oh no, I get this one, then you start buying this man all of his fucking dinners and he never pulls out his pocket, then absolutely not. That's an unreciprocal relationship. And I would not feel comfortable with that. Okay, next question. Why do women compete with each other? Oh my God, so many reasons. Have you heard of the crabs in a bucket syndrome? The theory about the crabs in a bucket. So basically the theory goes that when fishermen are fishing for crabs, okay, and that the crabs are all in a bucket, the crabs actually can help each other escape the bucket, okay? They can all help each other climb out with their pincers and all of them can get free. But as soon as one crab starts to climb the bucket, they all pull the crab down. They work together to pull the crab back down so that they have a collective demise, right? And then the crabs obviously all end up dying. And this is a an analogy that's used for any kind of co-working space, feminist space, like between women, between queer people. Uh, some people of colour have spoke about it within their communities, that it's this thing of of not wanting, if you don't think you have it in you to do it, then someone else definitely can't do it. It's like, if I can't have it, you can't have it, that kind of mentality. And I think women are taught to be, to have a scarcity mindset, okay? We're taught that there's not enough to go around for all of us. And so as soon as we see a woman thriving in an area that we aren't, the inclination is to tear her down, whether that's with our words or we know her insecurities, because as women, we get very close with each other. We become very intimate and our knowledge of each other's insecurities is immense. And then we know the words to say. And it's so easy that if, if you in your body feel insecure, right, you feel jealous, you feel that rage bubbling up inside you when you see another woman doing well, 
Instead of acknowledging that those feelings are yours, it's so much easier to just dispose of those feelings and call her a bitch, to call her a slut, to bring up her sexual history. Something I found was checking in with myself when I start to disguise a critique of a woman when it, when it's jealousy with some kind of like moral high ground. So like, who does she think she is? She's just been doing this for da 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 That kind of stuff. When you hear yourself talking about a woman in that way, literally hear it. Please become an observer to those thoughts instead and ask yourself what's really behind it. And I will also preface with this saying, sometimes women are mean and sometimes women are nasty and sometimes women are bloody manipulative. And if you have negative thoughts about a woman, sometimes it's not because of internalized misogyny and it might be because she is being cruel, okay? Learn to trust your gut instinct and learn to discern when something is yours and when something is someone else's and when they are the problem and when it's your insecurity. That is probably the biggest life lesson you could ever learn is learning how to discern character, learning how to discern your feelings and from your triggers and all of this kind of stuff. And sometimes that just requires journaling, having a conversation with someone else, someone you trust to say, look, I've been feeling this way about this girl. I'm not sure if it's actually her or if it's my insecurity. And then you just kind of flesh it out. And sometimes fleshing out your thoughts, almost like, you know, a pair of earphones when they're in the cable and you're untangling them. That's what it's like having a conversation with a good friend sometimes when you tell them your thoughts and feelings. It's like untangling the earphones. So I recommend, wait, <laughs> the question was why Why do women compete with each other? And I run a complete tangent there. Why do women compete with each other because of scarcity. We think that the universe is totally scarce, but it's not. It's fucking abundant. And you have to at least just believe it. There's acknowledging your circumstances and saying, okay, I do not have the funds. I did not grow up with this privilege. I did not have this experience that this person does. And you also have to believe that there is better for you because if you still do not believe, you almost have to be a little bit delusional and believe that there is better out there for you, even if it's not immediately in front of you, because you cannot go for something if you do not believe it's real, because your subconscious is constantly going to be proving ways to you that it doesn't exist. And you're going to create this self-fulfilling prophecy of stuff around you and events that prove that you are never going to get the things that you want. So, you know, You've got to be a little bit delusional sometimes. And like, I feel like that's what manifesting is a lot of the time. It's 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 imagining the future for yourself that doesn't exist and isn't right in front of you. So yeah, Whew. okay. Next question. How long did it take to write Women Don't Are You Pretty? So um, I pulled a lot of work from my uh, Instagram and essays that I had written on my laptop to write my book proposal my book proposal, I can't remember how long the proposal took, but I essentially sent my proposal with my book agent to numerous publishers. And then it got picked up by a few. And then I decided to go with Octopus, who published Women Don't Owe Pretty. And then they gave me, how long was it? I think it was about six months. And I illustrated the whole thing too, which is just fucking bonkers. Now I think about it. I've I remember loving the process and also being incredibly more stressed than I ever have been in my entire life. Um, it's very rare for someone to take on both tasks of illustrating, designing, and writing an entire book. But that's how I like to do things. And <laughs> I'm a control freak when it comes to my aesthetics and a massive perfectionist. I knew how I wanted the book to look. Um, I did have a graphic designer to do the layout, but I did all of the illustrations and the typography and the coloring and everything like that. So yeah, it was six months. Yeah, which was 
absolutely mad, but I'm so glad I did it and it's paid off big time. Okay, now moving on to advice. How to relax my mind and body for sex. I think personally, when I'm not relaxed and and in my mind, it's because I'm worrying about what the person thinks of me. I'm not worried I'm about my own pleasure. I'm more concerned with the other person's experience of me. What, what's their experience of floss like? And actually, a way to get back into your body is to literally almost maybe almost tell yourself and talk yourself through your hand movements and talk yourself through your body movements as you're doing it like how am I experiencing this person and also honesty as well maybe tell the person I'm not in the zone right now can you help me like get there can you help me get into this place talking about your feelings so you can look at them almost in front of you both to solve it is just going to make your sex life so much better so that's what I would say for relaxing your mind and body for sex Okay, next question. What's the best way to deal with an insecure boyfriend? He thinks I flirt with every single guy that I speak to. Yeah. Listen, we're all insecure. I've got my fucking insecurities. Everyone on the bloody face of the earth has insecurities. But the difference is, does that person project their insecurities? And it sounds like this person is. I personally find it very preventative to my life and my growth when someone around you tries to dampen you because of how they're feeling. There's a difference between having insecurities and working them on your own. And then there's the controlling aspect of someone saying, who's that? Who's that person? Checking your phone. You can't talk to boys. You can't talk to girls. For me, I'm bisexual. So <laughs> that's what it would be like. If I was in your situation, it would, it would just be everyone. I would, I would, if I was with your boyfriend, he would probably assume I fancied everyone. And I think that person's insecurity, if it's causing you stress, there's, you know, I feel like there's a conversation to be had there about if this is the person for you. Do you feel like you're being held back from creating new friendships and is all of your behavior being called into question? But also do a sense check. Talk to your friends and say, do I flirt with everyone? And they might be like, yeah. <laughs> your friends might tell you, yeah, actually, uh, we feel like you flirt with everyone. And I feel like th th there's a difference between being kind to people and a partner being deeply insecure about your kindness and being controlling. And then maybe you do flirt with everyone and you just, I don't know. Some people have different ways of expressing affection. Maybe you're physically like a physical affection kind of person and you and you kiss all your friends and that makes your partner uncomfortable. I don't know the situation. There are lots of ways around this. Um, but trust your instinct on what's right and wrong as well. Definitely like maybe sense chat with your friends, but also don't take their opinions too heavily. Okay, next question. How to deal with parents who don't respect your boundaries? This is a really tricky one because you can't physically escape them. Um, I spoke about this in another Ask Floss episode where I spoke about the grey rock method. If you can Google that, um, that's, a, that's amazing. It's, it's a method where basically you learn to not react to people's attempts to get you out of your character. I think a lot of the time people who know us best can push our buttons and they'll have no problem doing that, which is a narcissistic tendency and something you should Google for sure is grey rocking. Um, I, looked, I learned it from Dr. Romani. Um, but in terms of physical boundaries, like a parent not respecting your privacy and all this kind of stuff, um, if you're living in the same house as them, I know that this can be really hard. So I would advise to seek refuge in friends and trying to spend time that you know you need to kind of get some respite from these situations with your parents. Okay, next question. 
How to deal with men who see the topics in your book as an attack? Well, everyone has defense mechanisms. And I think that if someone feels accused of something, they're more likely to not hear what you're saying and take it as an attack on them alone. I think it's hard. So for example, when I first started my anti-racist journey, I was met with a lot of resistance and getting defensive internally. I didn't get defensive out loud, but I think internally I wanted to separate myself from those bad white people. And I think men have the same problem when they hear uh, women talking about their experiences. They want to automatically distance themselves. I think it's probably a natural reaction and that sometimes if you know hopefully hanging out with the right people they will come around but you do not need to be around for someone's defensiveness and you do not need to pander and cater and talk someone through what they are realizing about their gender and about the violence that men inflict on women I think it takes a person who has worked a lot on themselves and just has a basic emotional intelligence to separate when a woman is talking about them specifically and like a a specific man um, and when they're talking about the general collective men trademark tm um (laughs) i feel like women we do generalize men but it's because there's this quote about like if a hundred darts are flying towards you and only one of them is poisonous you're going to move out the way because you don't know which one contains the poison and I feel like this is what a lot of women have when it comes to men and you know I think it would be great if your guy friends could understand that it's not about them specifically but that nice guys benefit from how shit men are collectively so I think maybe try and explain that and also just maybe encourage him to listen to some podcasts by men who talk about I'm sure there's some kind of podcast that men can listen to who want to learn about feminism and that's not me passing it on and being like oh well men only listen to men I'd love if men listen to me but actually a lot of my what what I talk about does focus on helping women heal as opposed to how men can be better so I think there's probably some places where men can learn about this stuff online and some podcast recommendations and books as well Okay, next question. How to tell men that sex doesn't end just because he's finished? I mean, say exactly that. Just say exactly that. Sex requires two people. um, And if a man is having sex with you and then coming in you and finishing, then did you even have sex? I don't think so. I, I, I would feel like I was being used as some kind of wank tissue. Men, a lot of casual sex with men is them using women's bodies to masturbate with and into. And it's not, it's a completely dehumanizing experience when you're just kind of left there. It's it's not nice at all. I think your feelings about this are completely spot on. It's it's not a nice experience. Um, but also you absolutely should have the chat with this person if you want to continue having sex with them. You can say, my pleasure is really important to me and I would love it if you could pleasure me too before he comes, you know? Get that orgasm in before he does. Women come first. Okay, next question. How do you deal with never getting an apology? I have been through this several, several, several times. And again, an apology 
from someone who has hurt you so much is too much of an ego death for them because then they would have to look at the harm that they caused you. And for a lot of people, that is just too much. It's too reality shattering for them to see themselves as a bad person, even if it's only sometimes. A lot of people have these identities. We form entire identities around who we really are or the fact that we don't like ourselves. And a lot of people tell themselves stories like, I'm this, I'm that. So if you tell someone, you've hurt my feelings or, you know, you, particularly when it comes to assault, that was the hardest one for me was never getting an apology, never getting an apology from my abuser, all of this kind of stuff. It's so frustrating. And I think you have to realize that it might never come and you have to live your life as though it's never going to come. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, I mean, it worked for me telling myself that I forgive uh, my abuser, but that doesn't work for everyone. And forgiveness is something you you do for yourself. I'd say I forgive my abuser, not because he is absolved of, 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 of what he did to me, but for myself. It's more of like an internal process of I relinquish this fucking hold that you have over my life because I don't want you to have that hold over my life. And I'm not going to live my life holding out for this apology that will likely never come. And I think you've got to ask yourself what you're looking for in an apology. You want to know that someone who did something bad to you regrets it. And that is only human, but it may never come. So please do not hold out for that apology. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask Floss. I'll be back next week with another bunch of your questions. Can't wait to see you next week. Love you. Bye.